Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa, Florida. We have reached the Ides of March. It's March Madness time. We've got NFL Combine stuff going on, NFL Free Agency getting ready to start, the stretch run of the National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League. In the final stretches here of the regular seasons, we've got the Masters coming up here in about a month in Augusta. So lots of stuff going on in the sports world coming up. Got a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk to Vince Ferrara from 99.1 in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to talk March Madness. We're going to talk Tennessee Volunteers, SEC Basketball, a little Major League Baseball lockout, and much more. So... Before we get to Vince, want to give you a couple little tidbits and notes uh, as we go through the week here. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at JPOSports. Remember to please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as well. We'd appreciate it. Uh, tell your colleagues and your friends who are in the sports uh, sports fans. We'd love to have them take a listen and give us a give us an opinion about what we're doing. And again, love to hear from you as well. J-Post Sports is the Twitter handle. Love to hear your comments. So before we go again, we will have Vince Ferrara here in just a few minutes. I'm going to give you a few, a little couple nuggets here, a couple basketball nuggets and give you my thoughts on the MLB uh, shortening, uh, already canceling games. You believe it's been 60 years, 60 year anniversary this week of Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points in Hershey, Pennsylvania, of all places, for the Philadelphia, for the, for the for Philadelphia, sixty years, nineteen sixty-two. Wilt goes for a hundred. I don't think anybody's ever going to go for a hundred again in the NBA. One because there's too many other great players in the league, too many other egos in the league to allow a guy to go for a hundred. I don't think you'll ever see that. And I do think that'll be a badge of honor if a guy ever does get anywhere near 100. I know Kobe went for 81 way back in the day, not probably 15 years ago. He went for 81. I don't think you'll see, again, 80 is probably the max you would probably see a guy go. But again, these guys are so good now that I do think if a guy got to 65, 70 points in the third quarter, you would see defensively some guys do some things to just make sure there's no way he would be able to get to 100 uh, as well. So I think that's a bad, again, you'll, I don't think you'll ever see anybody score 100 in the NBA again. And again, of all places, Hershey, Pennsylvania is where Wilt scored his 100 points 60 years ago this week. So good for Wilt Chamberlain. James Harden, Ben Simmons, the trade happened a couple weeks ago. You're seeing the uh, 
Fruits of the labor for Philadelphia. Harden and Embiid are playing really well together. They're 3-0 and now uh, playing together. They look very fluid, very uh, in sync with each other. So that's a great sign for the 76ers. Still haven't seen Ben Simmons play a minute for the Nets yet. What a clown he is turning into. He is, oh, he's got a back. Oh, he, he's claiming he's having some back issues while he's conditioning. Give me a freaking break. This is nothing more than Ben Simmons doing everything he can and the organization doing everything they can to protect him, not having him play March the 10th in Philadelphia, the first game back that uh, the Nets would be back in Philadelphia. So you, miraculously, you will see Ben Simmons healthy again post-March 10th. You'll probably see him around March 12th, 13th, that weekend. Uh Ben Simmons will miraculously be healthy and ready to go and start his Nets career. Kevin Durant's coming back this week on Thursday night as well from his MCL injury. So we will see what the new look Nets are with Durant, Ben Simmons here in another week or so. And then obviously Kyrie Irving uh, still only being able to play in road games. Kudos to the mayor of New York for not succumbing to the pressure of allowing Kyrie Irving to play. Uh, home games when when there's still a mandate in place about having to be vaccinated in New York City. So I give, give the mayor credit for not uh, acquiescing to Kyrie Irving, who is a clown, in my view, um, relative to this whole vaccine thing and only playing road games. But he really cares about his teammates, I know. So, uh, but good for good for the mayor of New York to not 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 uh, allowing Kyrie Irving to play. Uh, home games in Brooklyn while there's still a mandate in place. Again, you can debate whether there should be a mandate in place, but since there is still one in place, good for the mayor to not allow Kyrie Irving, uh, not make an exception for Kyrie Irving to play in Brooklyn. So uh, those are my couple basketball notes. Again, we're going to talk March Madness with, uh, we got March Madness Selection Sunday, must watch television in about 10 days or so. Uh, can't wait. I always love it with CBS's coverage of the of the brackets. Again, next week will be tournament week for most of the big, all the big conferences. Some of the smaller conferences are already starting their conference tournaments this week. It truly is March Madness. Every team in America gets their chance to make the big dance through the conference tournament process. So um, here's your chance, everybody. Whether you've had a great year, poor year, mediocre year. Everybody's going to get their chance to win three or four games in a row in their conference to get it done, to get into March Madness. So good luck to all those teams. Again, lots of conference tournaments all over the place. If they're in an area near you, check it out. It's a lot of good drama. You'll see all these championship games on ESPN and Fox Sports throughout the next 10 days or so. So buckle up. A lot of upsets. There'll be a lot of... Uh, Lower-seeded teams winning games, so that'll make it interesting. A lot of teams on the bubble. Lots of uh, drama when it comes to the last four or five spots of the of the at-large pool for the, for the NCAA tournament. So, uh, again, Selection Sunday, a week from Sunday. CBS, 6 o'clock. Always must-see TV for me. Hopefully it is for you. So, And we are two weeks away from this recording of the NCAA tournament, and I'll just happen to be probably not feeling so good on those two days, Thursday, Friday of the bracket. I'll be somewhere watching games all day. So, all right, 
Major League Baseball and the Players Association were unable to come to an agreement and Rob Manford has already canceled the first two series of the season. What a disgrace by both sides. Both sides are pleading that they're doing so much, they're, they're giving so much that the other side doesn't want to make a deal, blah, 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 who cares? No baseball to start the year. First two series, opening day. Just, just an absolute uh, disgrace by both, both both sides not getting a deal done. They tried to negotiate the last seven, eight, nine days in Florida. No avail. The big issues tend to be, seem like they are the luxury tax threshold seems to be the one of the the biggest sticking point as far as that goes. I don't care. Fans don't care. You just you guys in baseball just don't realize. You're losing fans after fan after fan, especially the younger fan, uh, because of all this nonsense. And um, I hope hope you guys suffer immensely at the gate. Fans, show your displeasure. Don't go to the ballpark. I promise you, if you don't go to the ballpark for about a month, once they do start playing again, that'll get the 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 picture the the message will get delivered loud and loud and loud and clear to these baseball players and these owners that what they're doing is disgraceful and it's just tiresome and it's sickening what they keep doing, Major League Baseball, both the players and the owners. Again, there might not be equal blame here to both sides, but there's absolutely blame on both sides here of this, uh, the deal of not, of a deal not getting done. So, Shame on you, Major League Baseball. You guys just don't ever can never figure it out. You guys always claim it's that that your your the fans are part of your thought process, and that's just not the case. It really isn't, because the fans are the ones that get to suffer, especially the 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 business owners and such, especially in these spring training areas, Arizona, Florida, where I'm at. So much revenue, so much of their uh, people's livelihoods are depending on depend on spring training that that three weeks to a month of spring training from the vendors from the uh, restaurants from the hotels things like that that all play a pivotal role that affect all of us in our economics and all that stuff but so don't, please stop saying how much you care about the fans and how much you care about uh, all that stuff because you really don't because your actions show that you don't care a whole lot about us the fans so all right, there you have it. Some thoughts. Again, Vince Ferrar coming up here, 99.1 in Knoxville. We're going to have a good, we had a good chat with Vince about March Madness, about Tennessee, the SEC, wide open, the SEC tournament coming to Tampa next week. So there'll be a lot of people in town for that. So enjoy my talk with Vince Ferrar from 99.1. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. March Madness is just around the corner. We are just a mere couple of weeks away from Selection Sunday. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BET-US. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using my special bonus code, POWERS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. 
BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a ton of reasons. We have the NBA All-Star Game just passing, Major League Baseball coming up. You can bet on virtually anything you want from NBA games, NHL games, player props, team totals, horse racing, golf, player matchups, round matchups, and so much more. They also have an online casino as well that has hundreds of games and race and race book opportunities for you to bet all around the country. They have every type you can imagine, and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy and with full betting options. Follow my my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS.com. You bet, you win, and most importantly, folks, you get paid. And remember the special promo code just for you, Powers22, you'll receive 125% of a sign-on bonus. BetUS, where the games begin. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, Now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. It is, we have arrived to the month of March. March Madness is almost here, folks. Less than two weeks away from Selection Sunday, about three weeks away from the first tip of the NCAA tournament, and nobody better to talk SEC basketball, NCAA March Madness. We're going to talk a little baseball with my man Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville. He's the voice of Tennessee baseball. He's a Jefferson High School graduate down here in Tampa. Welcome back to the podcast, Vince. Always great to talk to you, JP. You doing all right? Yeah, man. Everything's good. Everything's good. All right. So I know you had a little baseball story over the weekend. Tell the audience a little your your Tennessee baseball over the weekend. Yeah, I, I hadn't gone back and counted all the pitches, but <laughs> I was there on the call of all of them. And Tennessee played Iona. Rick Pitino had no influence on Iona's baseball. Unfortunately, <laughs> he, he was probably sick about the defense and the, and the pitching too, but Tennessee won Friday night, 27 to one. Then on Saturday, Tennessee won 29 to nothing. That was the largest margin of victory in a single game in Tennessee program history. Wasn't the, the most runs by the way. And, uh, and then on, they've, finally decided on a run rule on Sunday, yesterday, and 
Tennessee won 12 to two. So Iona could make their long bus ride back to New Ro- Rochelle, New York from Knoxville, Tennessee. That and has got to be brutal. A bus ride from Knoxville to New yeah. Rochelle, New York. It, it's so tough, Jason, because a lot of these teams in the Northeast it probably doesn't get talked about enough. They don't see live pitching. They've been in batting cages. They they don't get a chance to practice outside. And their right. first weekend, they were destroyed by Old Dominion as a ranked team. And they're playing one of the better SEC teams after that. Now it gets much better last year. They only had 14 games last year. They played in conference alone, just 14 games. And there were seven double headers. Wow. And, and, the, and they only played – the only, so think about that. You're playing a, a college baseball season. You only have seven baseball dates in your wow. season and they play in, and they would be four game series. So they play Friday night to Saturday night to, yeah. And so they only play four different opponents. That was their baseball experience last year on top of not getting to prepare this year. Just, it's just really tough. And um, you know, just uh, unfortunate, but Look, Tennessee handle their business with maturity, which is what you want to see. It doesn't guarantee them anything in the SEC. Yeah. But if they were to mess around and cut corners and not be focused and all that, but they weren't. They just handled their situation. Trust me, it could have been much worse. They still kind of called off the dogs. Right. But they were still executing pitches and at bats and stuff. So um, good for them. And, and it makes it hard for those Northeastern teams. Like you said, the weather's an issue. Yeah. They all come down here usually for a week, 10, you know, a, a couple weekends. To one, get a little warm weather. Two, it's spring break season all around the country. The college is starting here the next couple of weeks where t- people are on spring break and they'll get some games. They'll come down here, come down south to get some games. So, and then the worst part is the travel. That's the part that's disappointing is that they don't even at least get to get on a plane and fly back to, to their campus. They got to take a God knows how long bus trip from, from Knoxville or wherever else they're playing back up to New, New York. That's the, that's the, to me, that's a, that's a tough part for being the student athlete just the pure being a student athlete part of that whole deal. And and then, Hey, keep up with your school. You know, you're going to miss, you're going to miss classes because you're on a bus or you have to turn around and, you know, two hours sleep, you have to make a 9am class. Right. You know, it's unfortunate, but there's, there's just not the budget for some of those programs, but Hey, at least the program is there. And some of these kids get to kind of, you know, play. live out their, oh, yeah. you know, their, their dreams and be able to play. Yeah. Because you know, they're, you're, they're not going to play pro ball. So at least get it done on the college level. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to some sec basketball talk. It's been a great sec year this so far. I brought you on cause Tennessee's right in the mix. The last couple of weeks, two huge wins. They've beaten Kentucky. They've beaten, uh, they beat Auburn over the weekend. Sky high. Must be the, 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 the thoughts of jubilation in March. Must be sky high in Knoxville these days. Well, certainly those two atmospheres were incredible. And don't forget, they beat another top five team earlier this year in Arizona. Uh, and that was an electric atmosphere. So, I mean, think about those three wins. Arizona, Kentucky, Auburn. Put that up on a graphic and give me three better wins for any team in the country. Right. Now, they were all at home. So that helps. Tennessee hadn't lost at home this year. So that's all amazing. Problem is the NCAA tournament ain't at home. Not going to be played. Yeah, not going to be played Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville. So um, I I think there's tremendous excitement. I still think for some fans, though, there's a little bit 
of doubt for the postseason because you know they had those two great teams a number of years ago with Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams, and they honestly underachieved those right. two years with them. One they got to the round of 32 and ran into Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago. <laughs> then, and then the year after that, they got to the Sweet 16 and lost the game in the uh, in the final seconds to. Carson Edwards and Purdue. Yeah, I was there. That was in, in Louisville. So um, those two teams were supposed to go much farther than that. Rick Barnes doesn't have the track record of deep postseason runs. So I think there's some fans that are still a little hesitant to fully be invested this year. But look what happened in college basketball this weekend, Jason. You're well aware of it with the seven top, top 10. 10 teams losing on the same day and all the top five. Now they were all on the road. But still, it shows that everybody has some flaws and everybody is beatable. Um, this team, when they shoot well, but the way they defend, they're an elite de defensive team, they can beat anybody. But there's some nights where not just they don't shoot well, they shoot horrific <laughs> and their defense can't bail them out. Right. Uh, and the number the numbers show um, in, in those games. So can they avoid those games where they're shooting in the 20s um if they do this team is really good they didn't shoot that great against auburn but they still were so good defensively got some points to transition out of it and and found a way but every once in a while those those clunker offensive performances still rise up and remember now folks uh Everybody in the conference knows each other so well at this point in the season. They've all played 15, 16 conference games. They've scouted each other to the hilt. So when, you, when you're playing these teams on the second time, especially, these guys know each other. You know the sets they're going to run. You know the schemes. Whereas in the NCAA tournament, you haven't seen a, a different team. You haven't seen an Iona and Rick Pitino. You haven't seen a Wichita State kind of team, a Loyola Chicago when you're an SEC team. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic of Will the defense hold up? Will the defense be a key of why Tennessee can advance where you can get away with maybe a poor shooting day because defensively they're so good? No, it's a great point. Also goes the other way too, right? Like you have to be able, if you've been able to adjust to your opponent, you don't have that luxury when you don't know them as well. That comes down to, you know, your staff, how good your staff is with their scalp and how good your players are at executing the scouts. Uh, Tennessee has two new assistant coaches this year when Rick Barnes has had great staff continuity. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. They haven't been through a postseason as a unit sure. before. Um, and, and there are some times where Barnes has kind of lamented in the postgame that, you know, hey, we had this plan and, you know, our guys didn't didn't stick to it. But then there's there's other times where they knew exactly what the opponent was doing and they're so good on the perimeter with Chandler and Vescovy in terms of steals. Um, and then Zakai Ziegler as well. He's been awesome off the bench for them, a kid from yep. Brooklyn, New York. Um, that trio is as good of a trio of guards as you will find in this league and, you know, up there somewhere in the country also. So um, that will give them a chance. I think the defense will, will travel and, um, and you know, I, it, it is, it is kind of a young team overall. So you just never know whether if you don't know an opponent, how those guys are, are going to be able to make in-game adjustments. Cause that's what it really comes down to 
when you're playing those new teams. But think about Tennessee. Their season really turned around when they were absolutely walloped at Rupp Arena in Lexington. After that, that's when they went on their run of eight straight SEC wins. So, you know, mixed in there, they had the really bad game at Texas. And then, you know, they had the, the one loss at Arkansas. But they got back at Kentucky, kind of to your point of seeing them a second time. The same thing happens next Saturday. They get Arkansas back after Arkansas handed them their yep. one loss since that Kentucky game. I think it'll be much different. And obviously, Tennessee has been so great on their home court. And, and great point you made. The parity in college basketball this year is, is just tremendous. You, you, I probably could name 10 to 15 teams that you could make an argument could win the national championship that are good enough with the parity. There's not a dominant team. We all thought Gonzaga, and they're probably a little bit better than everybody, but they're not yeah. leaps and bounds better than everybody. They lost to St. Mary's over the weekend. There, again, I think there's 10 to 15 teams that could win the national championship this year and probably 20 that could go to the final four. Well, and then there's teams that can rise up. I mean, look at an Alabama. Yep. I mean, Alabama's had some of the most impressive games this year. It beat Gonzaga. Uh, they, they played great at times. And then they lost to Georgia. Yeah. That's Georgia's only win in the league this year. And they had other really bad performances. They're, to me, the most frustrating team to watch. Yep. I'm not a big fan of all the threes that they shoot. Uh, I don't think they're very disciplined. I don't think they're great defensively. They turn the ball over like crazy. But they have stretches where when they're dialed in, they can be terrific. But um, overall, it, um, it yeah, you could – you can make a case for 10 to 15, but the rise up factor of some teams and then the drop down factor yeah. of some of those teams I, outside of Gonzaga, I don't know who is first round upset proof. It, it may, maybe, you know, some of these, the one seeds you're going to face a 16. So, so maybe I'll say for the top 15, I don't think there are many that are second round upset proof because then it jumps up in terms of competition after that. No doubt. What's happened to Tom Crean? I mean, he, he had a bad run at Indiana. You thought, okay, he had a couple of good years in Indiana, but then he just didn't, couldn't get it. And he's just falling off the cliff here at Georgia. What's, what's going on with down there? He hadn't been able to recruit. I mean, he had Anthony Edwards, but he's, he, he didn't have enough after that or in addition to him. And, um, you know, it's just a tough, it's a tough building It's a tough place for, for basketball that just haven't had success in a while. And I, I think it comes down to recruiting. It, it was kind of an odd hire initially. I mean, obviously the name, the right. resume certainly worthy, but just not the Georgia, SEC, not in right. the SEC. It, it just, it, it was just different. Um, but I, I think it just comes down to dudes. He just hasn't had the dudes. And, um, and so I, uh, Georgia, Georgia, uh, I, I would expect there. I don't know how much longer that's going to go. Obviously, he gives them some credibility with his name and his background, but that hasn't that hasn't translated into into recruiting. So uh, they may similar to what Patrick Ewing's that. going through at Georgetown. Patrick right. Ewing's really struggling at Georgetown. They've I don't even think they've won a conference game this year. And, you know, right, everybody right. thought him going back to Georgetown would bring some recruiting uh, respectability, and it, ha and it just hasn't. For whatever reason, it's it's a, it's a tricky situation and see how, how long they're going to 
And then I know Crean had a – there was a coaching issue a week or so back where a guy got suspended, maybe an assistant coach or something. There was an incident. And so you just wonder if, if that's going to be the end of Tom Crean in Athens, you know, especially with the expectation of the football program winning as big as they're winning. You know there's got to be some expectation for the basketball program a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to be a force, but at least be competitive. Yeah, and, and there's there's money there. I mean, football is is generating tons of money. Um, you know that arena is is not. I mean, right. just not a difference maker there for them. That's actually who Tennessee plays in in the midweek on Tuesday. So that with Arkansas next, you gotta you know you gotta be aware that you don't overlook Sandwich. Georgia there. Yeah, Georgia Georgia played Auburn to the wire at home. Right. Uh, so, and, and I and beat Alabama. So, you know, we'll see uh, if Tennessee's prepared, but there's no reason why, um, you know, Tennessee shouldn't win that game. Um, but yeah, Georgia has been a struggle for a while. It's, it's uh, the, the SEC this year is very, very strong at the top. You got Auburn, you got Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, four quality teams that you could, again, make a legitimate argument. They could all make the final four. They could easily win four games in, in the, in March to get to the final four SEC tournament coming to Tampa next week. That should yep. be a bloodbath to get through the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. Well, for those four teams, they get the pass to Friday. So that's right. a plus. And then you're going to get a good team, regardless of who's coming through. You could be, you could be set up and have one of those second tier teams, you know, an Alabama or an LSU, uh, that you know, maybe even a Florida, Mississippi State, they're all going to be dangerous. They've all risen up and beaten good teams this year. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, going to, it's going to be tough. You could see some of these one. I would expect one or two of those top four seeds to be upset and be one and done. Not going to help your seeding, obviously, if you do that. But if anyone's trying to improve their seeding, Jason, I think there's opportunities there because you're going to run into good teams quickly. Say, you know, I don't know how sleep, who, who's that sleeper team that's a seven or eight seed in the SEC that you like that said, hey, they can win a couple games either in the SEC tournament or slide into the big in the in the March and win a game or two in March. I honestly I don't trust any of them really. I'd probably <laughs> say to win to win maybe a few games in Tampa. I might say LSU out of that second group. You know, Alabama can, you know, as well. But I would say Alabama for a one-game rise up, they're too inconsistent for me, I think, to string too many games together. So I, I they could pull a major upset the NCAA tournament and then lose to somebody that's a double-digit seed that looks like a favorable matchup for them and then, and then erase what they just did. So I think LSU potentially, because now they have Xavier Pinson back, um, you know, they got inside game. They, when they're dialed in, they can, they can defend pretty well. Uh, I know Will Wade is not a fan favorite around the league, but I would say, and they were playing really well early in the year. They were one of those preseason teams. It, it was kind of five teams and LSU was in that group at, yeah. at the beginning of the year. So I'd probably say LSU the most, but not for very deep runs in the, in the NCAA tournament, I think it's going to come from those top four. Who do you like? Who do you like to uh, give me a, again, out of those top four SEC teams, who do you think is going to do the most damage in uh, the NCAA tournament? 
while Arkansas is playing the best ball right now, I I I'm thinking that that will end in Knoxville against Tennessee. And look, Kentucky, you, you just have to wonder, are they healthy when they're healthy? I know Tati Washington came back. You had Sevier Wheeler back. But when they're healthy playing, they're as good as it gets in the country. Auburn is not playing their best ball. They even in the even in the games they've won, they've had a lot of those close shaves yeah. against the lesser competition in the league. Uh, Auburn's the deepest team, but I don't think they're playing their best ball, especially on the perimeter where you have to be good in the NCAA tournament. Um, I would say probably a healthy Kentucky, but. I, look, Tennessee is right there with Arkansas and how in playing the best ball. Yep. I still have some reservations with them because we do see the uh, just horrific shooting at times. And they don't always get the inside scoring they did against Auburn. I mean, it was amazing what they did against Auburn on the boards. They out-rebounded Auburn with Wheeler and Smith and that kind of size and mismatch on the perimeter – rebounded Auburn 54 to 31 yeah and Tennessee had 30 excuse me 21 offensive rebounds <laughs> against that size and, right. and that talent right um it's it's a four-man post for Tennessee and there's a couple of freshmen in there in that rotation and a couple of vets so what are you going to get collectively? I think they had 29 rebounds, 14 points, something like that, 14, 15 points against Auburn. If you get that kind of collective productivity yes. and you have the guards you do and Josiah Jordan James, who is a glue guy who can rebound, switch defensively, right. developed into a voice leader. Now you have something special. This team does have deep NCAA tournament potential. If, if we hadn't seen those, Bad offensive shooting games. I might have a little bit more confidence in him. And we've seen those disappointments um, before at Tennessee in the postseason. So that's a little bit of my reservation with him. But the ability certainly is there for them to make as deep a run of anyone. But I guess if I had to say who goes the deepest, I and this is for the NCAA tournament you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would probably say Kentucky. But, you know, um, it, it if they have one guy out, things drastically change for them. Sure. And one thing I'd say about the SEC, give the SEC credit. About five years ago, they hired they, – they really made an emphasis in the SEC office to really make basketball a priority as much as football. They hired yeah. a couple people administratively that were really focused on the basketball teams. Just your thoughts about how the SEC basketball conference has really elevated itself in the last probably five years as far as consistent, consistently being – one of the top two or three conferences in college basketball every year. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of people nationally that have claimed that the SEC is the best league. I think there's a great argument for that. I think part of that is you have some of those bottom teams that have risen up some and are competitive, the Texas A&Ms, the Vanderbilt. You don't have four teams that are like Georgia is this year. You just – pretty much have Georgia so right. um and then obviously the the profile even changed from the beginning of the year Jason it was thought that you had four or five top level teams in the SEC but I don't think anyone thought that those were final four type of teams right and the way the season has played out you still have those you still have four 
top level teams, but now you have final four contenders in them. Earlier in the year, you, you, it looked like it was Kentucky and Auburn and maybe, you know, sweet 16 ish for Arkansas, Tennessee. Yep. Yep. Now Arkansas and Tennessee are playing better than Kentucky and Auburn and both yep. having beaten those top two teams. So they've kind of come back. So now where are they? Are they all four final four contenders? Are they all back to kind of the sweet 16, maybe elite eight eight, level? Right. But it's still, it's a, it's a high bar and it is deep a group that you could make a final four case for as any conference in the country no, no but doubt, coaching no, you're no. right i'm sorry coaching you're right that's what really was the turnaround when they started hiring big level coaches in this league year after year after year and it started adding up and that's why some of these programs have changed give me a quick note on tennessee women's basketball their conference tournaments this week seems like there's been a little bit of a resurgence out of tennessee the last year or so with the new once they got not uh remind me of the of the of the holly what was holly's holly name? warlick yeah she left they brought in a, a kelly kelly Harper. Har- yep she's finally seems like she's getting things back on track tennessee women's basketball wise yeah uh the lady boss had a good year they're the three seed in the sec tournament which is actually in nashville where the men's tournament typically is yeah, right so the one year that they cycle out of Nashville, the women go there, but uh, you know, Tennessee has had a good year. The lady Vols. The problem is, is that it kind of went South late. They lost to three unranked teams in Auburn, Alabama, and Florida. They have not been good on the road. They've honestly been really bad on the road in conference play and they've had injuries. They haven't had a fully healthy Ray Burrell is their best player, arguably last year. She missed the first part of the year and she's come back, but she's never been the star she was last year. Then they lost their uh, top post, their top uh, bench player in Kean Green, who was their first post off the bench. That kind of is what really has started their slide in losing her. You didn't think that that would have an impact, but they haven't been able to replace her minutes and her physicality. And now they lost their best overall player that had been playing this year in Jordan Horston lost her a couple of games ago. And she led them in scoring rebounding their top defender. I mean, she really had taken the mantle as the top player and with an elbow injury. And now we don't know if they're going to get her back unlikely so this is a much different team than the record and the right. seeding that they earned as a full body of work. Um, turn the ball over just way too much. And right now that a margin of error, they can't overcome it like they did earlier in the year. So um, look, can they win some games in, in Nashville? Sure they can. The first game they get on Friday will be against either Georgia, who they beat this year, Alabama, who one of those teams they lost to, and they also beat at home. And then Auburn, who they lost to, would be one of those three teams. So this team can be one and done, or they can string a, a couple of games together, but they're not beating South Carolina. Right. So, right. I, you know, SEC championship a game, I don't see it. It's South Carolina's league right now. Um, they're the boss, and I, I really don't see a deep run in the NCAA tournament because their injuries will be, would have been interesting to see, because this is a better team under Kelly Harper. 
if they were, if they had all their pieces, what they would be like, but that's not the reality. So uh, I, I think it's going to make it really tough for them in the tournament. I got you. All right. You're listening to Vince Ferrara, 99.1 Knoxville uh, sports radio. He does tons and tons of stuff for uh, 99.1. He's covering uh, Tennessee. He does play-by-play for Tennessee uh, baseball. He does MMA. He does high school football in the area. So very versatile, does tons of stuff. Host, who does a bunch of stuff with the radio uh, network up there and does great work. And he's a Tampa guy. So I even like him even that much more. So uh, let's get to some baseball. Um, Major League lockout, kind of the deadline is kind of looming about whether MLB's regular season will start on time or not. Just I know you're a big baseball guy. Give me your thoughts and just the general thoughts of the lockout and what you think is going to happen. Well, I don't see how they don't miss games. I mean, that was, you know, the, they were kind of putting this as the deadline. So I think that's going to happen. I, I don't think Major League Baseball, for whatever reason, is, um, you know, is, is that concerned about missing games. They, they said they were, but that's Rob Manfred speaking. So who's buying that? Um, it, it's unfortunate. It's sad. As always, you have billionaires and millionaires arguing, and then the fans are the ones that lose out. Right. Um, this sport is already behind, uh, you know, football and basketball. That gap continues to expand uh, in terms of their relevancy and, um, you know, the young people investing in the in the sport. Um, just unfortunate that they, they, they can't come together. I, I, I think they'll eventually get a deal done, but it's, it's probably going to be pretty ugly. I wonder, you know, how that affects college baseball. If say you, you know, ESPN and the networks are missing out on the inventory. Do they move up some college baseball games and start putting them into some of those prime spots where MLB would be? I don't know, maybe college baseball can, can take advantage of it or are people will, will people look at the sport overall and then just shut it down and not even give college baseball a chance because they're so mad at major league baseball and kind of guilt by association. So I I don't know how that will play out, but I I think we're going to miss some games and we'll probably have a shortened season. Just, just sad The, the way they're run. Um, what they're arguing about, um, just it's very, very frustrating. No, you're right. It's they, they can't get out of their own way. They get some success, yeah. things they get, they have a couple good post seasons, and all of a sudden, then they got this, and they just they take one step forward and three steps back. And with the, like you said, with the young fans, especially, they have a real tough time connecting with those people and keeping those people engaged and all that stuff. So, yeah. all right, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. Quick football note. Big quarterback hunting this offseason. A lot of QB changes. Who do you do you see anybody making any uh, change in? You think Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers? What do the Bucks do at quarterback? Just your general thoughts on the quarterback situation in the NFL. Oh, I thought uh, I thought you were gonna go down uh, the uh, SEC f- uh, football quarterback route. No, no Tennessee football question, but uh, <laughs> spring practice is coming soon. There's only so much time. I got you. No, uh, I, I obviously there's a lot of intrigue. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers does. You know, it probably makes the most sense for him to stay in Green Bay um, because look, if he goes somewhere else, then you're, what you're what that team is going to have to give up to get him now you're going to be depleted you may not have the defense or the weapons that you're looking for so it makes the most sense 
for him to be in Green Bay. You know, Russell Wilson looks like he's going to have a new home. I think the Steelers would make a, a lot of sense for him. Yeah. Um, you know, what in, in the Bucks division, one, what do the Bucks do? I don't buy this Blaine Gabbert stuff from Bruce no. Arians. Please. Please. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll listen to, you know, our, our guy, TJ Reeves and others, maybe make a case for Kyle Trask. Certainly I saw him yeah. in the sec. He's still young enough yeah. to where you, you could, you could say, Hey, we believe in him and his future his arm town, things like that. Uh, but not Blaine Gabbert. Uh, no. I still think you got to bring in an established quarterback to some degree, but honestly, like, I was asked, hey, which one of these quarterbacks would you want for this team? I think somebody asked me about the Saints. And I'm like, E, uh, you know, or M, none of the above. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like a lot of these guys. Jimmy G, I'll listen to you at the right price. I don't right. think he's elite, but I think he's a winner. And if you have enough around him, which the Bucks do, I think – I think that he's a guy that I think is a little bit above some of the other options that are out there would not bring Jameis Winston back. I don't want to hear that stuff. Um, Jameis Winston needed Sean Payton and I think Sean Payton helped him, but I don't think Jameis Winston now is a totally new guy, especially because he's not going to be coached this year by Sean Payton. So um, I, I, it's the, these pieces, but Russell Wilson, to me, Aaron Rodgers stays in green Bay. He's obviously the top get out of all those quarterbacks in the, in that domino. And then everybody else is going to be like, mm, really, is this the best that and we Deshaun got? Maybe Watson's Mitchell- the, Deshaun Watson's the wild card If his legal stuff gets, True. gets, gets wrapped up or gets settled to some degree. He'll obviously draw a lot of interest as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, but he he's got to get past that. Now they're talking about maybe the you know actual legal portion of it instead of just a civil suit. Right. True. Um, so that might delay things, and they were kind of hoping that could get done before the draft. And look, the the draft process to me, Jason, is one of the coolest things because it combines my two biggest loves: the uh, the NFL and college football, those worlds come together. So I love the draft process, senior bowl, watching practices, love the combine. We'll watch all of that, uh, all the draft and the mock draft. I, I love all that kind of stuff. It's so intriguing. So we'll definitely stay locked into that uh, moving forward. All right. Give me an SEC spring football note. I know, I know you got something. Give me a spring. <laughs> give me a something in the SEC spring football. Yeah, well, first, we don't know. It doesn't look like Tennessee is going to have a spring game. They're doing Why? renovations to Neyland Stadium. Okay. So there's cranes and, and sections of the stadium that are are completely you know bulldozed and, and being reworked. So that's not an option for them. They were looking into Nashville for the longest time. But now on April 16th, where they were thinking about maybe being at Nissan Stadium, now Garth Brooks has that date for a concert. So uh, unless they're willing to move their spring date from where they were targeting, they may not have one this year, which will be very, very strange. Uh, Is it the end of the world? No, but just kind of unusual to, for a school to not have one. And, um, and this Tennessee team looked like they were on track to maybe be the one and only sec team to not have any staff coaching changes, but Cody Burns left at wide receivers coach. He did a great job. Yeah. He left for the saints wide receiver job. 
And now George, now Georgia needs an offensive line coach after Matt Luke stepped away and Glenn Ellerby, who did a nice job on Tennessee's O-line. He is one of those names that's showing up on some list. Don't know if he's going to get that gig or not. So now you're trying to hold things together while you hire a new coach. Uh, so the kind of those moving pieces with the Tennessee coaching staff too, but um, you know, they have good recruit. What was their, what was their good thoughts about their recruiting class? Yeah. Recruiting. It depends on the service rivals had them as the highest. They were anywhere from 12 to 20 in those services. Okay. So averaged out, you know, 15, 16, yeah. considering the NSA stuff that, that was hovering over yeah. the staff the entire year. Excellent. Uh, I, I think they did a really good job. They have to be much better in state and they have to get the elite prospects. If they do that, then those are two boxes Josh Heupel needs to check. So do they bring in a recruiter for that wide receiver spot or do they just kind of stick to, hey, we want to bring the best developer that can also recruit? Right. So we'll see. Fans always throw out the former you know, Tennessee players as, as candidates and stuff. But uh, I can't wait for spring ball. That's another thing. I, I eat up those practices. It, it, as long as we get to watch them, uh, you can get something out of it. At least I can. So that that's just around the course. So add that to the list. We got basketball, we got baseball yeah. next it will spring football and you'll have an overlap of all those. And I'll, my sleep will go from like four hours to two. No, and Vince does a great job. Video stuff, videoing clips, practice clips, game clips. He does an awesome job with 99.1. Tell everybody where they can find you and we'll all find all the good stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vince Sports and then our website if you're watching on, on video, 991thesportsanimal.com. Uh, go to the blog section where you can find some of my blogs. Uh, there is a good chance we'll be in Tampa for the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament. Hope to see you there, Jason. Yeah. And um, and that'll be a lot of fun. So that'll take me away from baseball and everything else for a while if that happens. And then as long as they're in the NCAA tournament, I think there's a chance I'll follow this Tennessee basketball team through the NCAA tournament as well. So it could be a lot of fun, and we'll have all the coverage there on our website. And then uh, at Vince Sports, all the social media accounts are with that tag, including YouTube, where you can uh, follow me there. And then I have a broadcasting website as well if you want to see any, hear any of my work or watch any of my work, vincesports.net. Awesome, man. Keep up the great work, Vince. Do an awesome job up there. Again, it was sunny in 85 the last several days down here. <laughs> went to the beach yesterday. Oh, killing me. <laughs> I only look like I went to the beach. Yes. I'm trying to like will my way into those Tampa temps, but not yet. <laughs> we'll look forward to maybe seeing you next week for the SEC tournament, man. Keep up the great work, and we will talk real soon. You as well. Can't wait. Thanks, Jason. All right, Vince. Appreciate it, and we'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.